Welcome to the Authentic Conviction Podcast, where we believe understanding your own value will help you build stronger and longer lasting relationships. Today's guest on our podcast is the one and only Phil Poggi. Uh, Phil is a, is a, has been a good friend of mine for quite a long time, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to add him to our team here. And he brings a wealth of, of knowledge and experience uh, across, different, across different professions, and we'll have a lot to offer today. So we're excited to have you. Phil, welcome, my friend. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be sitting here in your office. The last two weeks have been a little bit of a struggle for me, as you know. So <laughs> it's great just to be out in the real world having a conversation with, with my good friend. So. Yes. Well, we're, we're lucky to have you. And, uh, you know, we'll get into our story and our path and, and uh, how, how hard it was. It was uh, more difficult to uh, bring you on our team than it was to find a girlfriend in the seventh grade. But uh, at any rate, uh, you know, Phil, Phil, like I said, has, has a great deal of experience, um, mainly in the athletic uh, world. He was, uh, has, been, has done some excellent things both in and out of schools. Uh, but now, you know, we're going to talk about how he brings some of those skill sets and things that he's learned along with just natural dispositions that we all have uh, that, that's really shaped his early success in this business. So, uh, before we get any further, I just want to hear from you, Phil, tell, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, some of the things that you've been able to accomplish, you know, like I said, both in the school and, and out of school uh, leading right up to when you made the transition here, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, sounds good. So Joe, as you're well aware, and the, and the listeners out there, my, my entire world has been revolved around sports since, oh, since I could, could, remember, right? You know, four-sport athlete uh, in high school, uh, went on to, to dabble a little bit at the at the college level, to D3 school, but ultimately led me back to, to where I ultimately wanted to school, which was Miami University. And and there, you know, I, I again, stayed involved in, in sports, really found my passion for the sports marketing side of the, the world. Met a gentleman uh, through the basketball team named Greg Darbyshire, and really, over the last 20 years, our worlds have been uh, intertwined uh, to, together. So graduated from, from Miami, Greg had actually gotten the, um, athletic director, excuse me, the athletic director's job at, uh, my alma mater, which was, which was Kings high school, just right up the road, uh, right behind, uh, Kings Island. And, you know, I became his assistant AD, uh, upon graduation. It was, a it was a, a fun and humbling experience working 40 hours a week, probably working 80 hours a week, but being paid $7 an hour. I'll never forget getting that very first uh, paycheck way back in, in 1998. But really, that began my journey uh, of us together. You know, spent four years as an assistant AD, uh, coached uh, basketball, uh, coached football, uh, coached some soccer, coached some baseball along the way. Basketball was really my, my passion. But um, throughout that time, just had a, a great opportunity to work at my alma mater and really started to figure out, you know, hey, this is something that I, I truly uh, enjoyed doing, which was uh, not only working in the uh, high school setting, but really building relationships with, with people. And, and that came through coaching, through working in the, the office, uh, through working with uh, coaches on our, on our staff who actually coached me, you know, just a, a, just a few years um, earlier. So that went on for about four years. And then during that time, you know, Greg had a, a unique opportunity, him and a, and a business partner, to launch a company called ProCamps. And really right from the start, we, we had two clients, um, Butch Carter, who was the head coach of the Toronto Raptors at the time. Butch was Greg's high school coach. So you talk about six degrees of 
of separation uh, here. Um, he was a, the head coach of the Raptors at the time, and, and Butch was like, hey, I want to do something in the community. So uh, that summer of 1999, we went up and did a, a, a five-location basketball camp in a city we had never been to. Uh, it, was a, it was a great experience. 500 plus kids, as I recall, at each of those, um, you know, in total throughout and, and just really made a splash in that community. And we also at that time um, uh, built a relationship with Anthony Munoz, mm-hmm. arguably the greatest offensive lineman to ever play for the Cincinnati Bengals or only Hall of Famer, you know, and just a true Cincinnati icon. And and at that time, Anthony's kids were, were going to high school and they're about ready to go to college. So he really wanted to focus his attention and he never really had a found a foundation at the time. So Long story short, to, to, to try to paint this picture real, relatively quickly, you know, we, we launched those those camps. We did camps uh, for both of them that summer. Uh, just like in anything in the NBA, nothing is permanent. Butch got fired uh, after that that summer, but the nice thing, Butch turned us, uh, introduced us to Vince Carter, who was a young uh, first-year uh, player at the time, and, and we built a great relationship with Vince and started doing a, a camp for Vince in Toronto as well as his hometown uh, of Daytona Beach, Florida. And things continued here for, for Anthony so much so that, um, you know, we launched his foundation. So for me, I had the opportunity to, to step away from high school athletics and, and go into the business world. And, you know, uh, alongside of Greg and, and his other business partner, Jim Stahl, uh, we were able to, you know, launch pro camps as well as launch the Anthony Munoz Foundation at the same time. So still staying involved in sports, still staying in my passion of sports marketing, spent seven years uh, doing that. So working with professional athletes all across the globe, building the foundation uh, locally here uh, in Cincinnati, you know, that led to a unique partnership with Marvin Lewis when he was hired in in 2003, where Marvin came to town. He was a part of the Anthony Munoz foundation to get his feet wet and started until he was able to to launch his own foundation. So got to work with with coach for a number of years before he kind of went off on his own. And then for me, Joe, I continued to coach. And what happened was, you know, I still had that passion for working with young people, you know, and really having an impact there. And I kind of came to a crossroads where I had to make a choice and an opportunity presented itself for me to get back into high school athletic administration um, through a mutual friend. Um, actually, uh, Eric Thomas, who was the principal at Aiken High School at the time, knew Greg's dad really well. Again, we're back to this six-degree separation mm-hmm. and, and relationships that we have. Uh, they were looking for an athletic director. You know, went to lunch with Eric, and, and we shook hands, and, and here I am, you know, um, back in high school athletics as the uh, athletic director at, at uh, Aiken High School, uh, which is a part of Cincinnati Public Schools. Spent two years at Aiken. Uh, got the opportunity to go back to uh, my alma mater, Kings. That opened up. Spent four years there, uh, and then um, uh, the principal that hired me at Kings went to Sycamore High School, which um, again was a school actually I got to go to. I was in the Sycamore School District from kindergarten to third grade. I'm not not many people knew that when I we didn't moved. Know that. Yeah, when okay. we moved from New York City, we we moved. We literally lived right down here on Kemper Road for a while. So. You know, I was a Mapledale Elementary School kid, which is just yep. right across the street. Uh, had an aviator. 60 seconds from our office right now. 60 seconds from our office yeah. right now. Um, so, you know, so for me, I had that opportunity to go, to go to Sycamore, which is, you know, again, arguably, Joe, you're a Lakota grad, so you know this, which is in the one, the premier public school athletic conference in the state of Ohio. I would agree with that. I would argue, yeah. right? So yeah. had that opportunity to go with the principal who I highly respect uh, love, value, trust, and, and is almost like a second dad to me. Um, 
follow him and 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 have that opportunity uh, to work alongside him at at Sycamore. Mm-hmm. So and all, all that time, I, you know, um, for me, I'm one that's always uh, been involved, always want to want to give back. So I had uh, some other unique opportunities while I was an AD, which was being able to serve on our local um, athletic association board, served on our Ohio um, state board as well. And then in addition to that, uh, the very um, unique opportunity, I I guess, lack of a better word, to serve on our national board, the the National Athletic Directors Association Board of Directors. There's only been one other person uh, in Ohio to ever serve on it. It's a unique, it's a rotation of every 23 years, someone from Ohio gets to go on. And I had the opportunity to serve on the national board as well so that's trying to pack 20 years of sports into about <laughs> three minutes but but that's kind of uh my my backstory yeah no that's great and I, I uh while we're you know this segment isn't about relationships i'm never gonna miss an opportunity to sprinkle in some things that i think uh would be good a couple couple notes though i, I will say i love your shout out to the gmc yeah, yeah. um if, if anybody needs any further proof of proof of that I believe it was 1992 when um, our Lakota Thunderbirds beat the Lima Senior. Ah, yeah. Uh, what are they? The Spartans, I believe. I don't remember their nickname. I yeah, uh, the the Keith Gregor versus Greg yeah. Simpson matchup. Yeah. Uh, but GMC versus GMC Coach state Mueller. final. Yeah. Uh, that Lakota won, by the way. But anyway, uh, but you know, so we'll get uh, what we're going to talk about today is the importance of of having a plan, you know, and, and building healthy boundaries around your own practice, whatever that might be. Because, you know, even if, if you're an athletic director or if you're if you're helping build a brand with pro camps, which, which you did successfully, you know, you were doing a lot of things at once. And, and what people may or may not pull out of what you just said was that all along the way, you were always doing multiple things. You were always looking at how you could leverage your skill sets in multiple areas. You know, you being at pro camps during Aiken, Sycamore, Kings, I mean, that's not easy to do. I, I would say that the re, the main reason for you doing that would be not only do you have a passion for sports, but you got to provide. Right. Right. So you have your wife, Danny, who I uh, have known almost as long as you. That's right. She actually yeah. gave me a haircut when I had hair. Yeah. It's on the day of my about. wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so no pressure. Yeah. I had yeah. I had glorious locks and, yeah. and she had a little pressure on not to screw up a wedding day haircut. <laughs> uh, she did great. Uh, but then also, um, we have some similarities in our fa- family d- dynamic, yep. which we won't get a lot into now, but pretty special. It takes a special personality to handle some of the things that, that, that we've, we've handled as fathers, but you've got Grace and Grant. Yep. Um, and so tell me a little bit about that motivation, how that's driven you to always be looking for, for uh, you know, ways that you can provide and, and, and give that financial security for your family. Yeah, you know, Joe, I mean, I think, it, you know, our backgrounds are, are, are very similar and you and I've had those those conversations you know uh, my family uh, worked very hard uh, growing up to provide it's just myself and, and I've got a younger brother who's three years younger than me who's in the education business as well but my mom was a was a, a stay-at-home daycare you know uh, would get names from from Good Shepherd Church and she'd babysit four to six kids out of our out of our home and and, and my dad was in in retail and didn't didn't make a whole lot of money. So growing up as a child, I watched my dad. My, they never wanted us to go without. So I'd watch my dad not only do retail, but take a second job at night, get up at three, four in the morning to go, whether it was deliver papers or do something else, just so he could provide for his his family. So we would never, never lack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's something he learned from from his father as well, too. And of course, that's, that's 
passed on to me. And I got to see that firsthand, what hard work uh, and dedication to your family was was about. And family is very important um, to me, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's ingrained in the Italian culture, um, but, you know, it, it's very important to me. So for me, you know, part of it, you know, um, Love what I what I started with 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 Greg and what we built, um, and it was really his vision that we we he kind of took off and ran with, and 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 I was along for for the ride, helping him to your point, put those things in place. But even when I stepped away and went back into uh, athletic administration, I still had a hand in it. I still went back and helped out, and that was twofold. One is I've been there from from the beginning, and I want to see this through. It's like having you know you've started your own business, and while it wasn't mine. You know, it, it, I felt part of that family, you know, it's mm-hmm. like having a baby and literally, literally raising it. So I wanted to see that through, but, but two, it was a way for me to continue to provide uh, for my family as well too. And three, I'll be honest with you, it was an outlet, you know, the life of a high school athletic director uh, can be a tough one, you mm-hmm. know, from the pressures that I, I don't, it was, it was funny. I was driving in today and today is actually national athletic directors day. It was voted on in Congress. We've got some great people on the national board that have done this. Uh, it's coinciding with the wrap up of our, uh, we're supposed to be in Tampa right now for the end of our national athletic directors uh, conference. And, and today's the day. And I was reflecting on that in the life of the athletic director and all my friends and, and what they do. And I, I can't think of another job or another uh, position other than maybe maybe a doctor or you know someone in the medical field where where you're literally on 24/7 mm-hmm. you know you as i used to say the logo never comes off mm-hmm. meaning I, you're the athletic director at kings you're always wearing that no matter where you are and i think sometimes others take that for granted a little bit mm-hmm. in the sense of you know hey joe you and i can go home now and just be you know phil and joe you know we can be dad you know mm-hmm. to our kids and and we don't have but when we're in the community, yes, we're still two people, but we're not the athletic director, you know, and everybody kind of kind of knows you. So I, I was reflecting on that and just the the job. So for me, you know, going back to program was an outlet, you know, mm-hmm. it was a way for me to step back, step away, refocus, so I, I could go back and, and, and do my job and do it well. So, so here's a crazy thing is, um, you know, you talk about the difference between an AD. It could be something as, as minute as, you know, that person after a game can't go to the local place and, and drink a couple beers because of the image that might put off or whatever it might be. But more importantly, I think the lesson... We actually had a rule. Rule 8H way back in the early 90s is what we... Or late 90s that we called that. Is it two-point maximum? <laughs> no comment. Uh, okay. Rule 8H. We'll leave it at okay. that. Not going to say who it was named for. That'll be, in our next, that'll be in our yeah. next episode. <laughs> so that'll be like the uh, Aflac trivia. We'll, yeah, we'll, uh, right. we'll do a little... Right. We'll dangle the carrot. So um, is... When you go to a sporting event and, and we talk about coaching, the similarities are endless. It's yeah. crazy. Um, you know, our, we both coach our kids. We've both been involved in the, in the, in the youth basketball organization here. I'm set on the board. Yep. Done everything that we can do in our community. And when you go, and even this year, you know, we kind of joke around, you know, Phil claims to be the voice of the Knights, and, and I'll let him have that for, for, for boy soccer, but I'm the voice of the Knights for, for the lady soccer. So the lady Knights. <laughs> so we can share it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But when you when you're there, you show up. Everything from ticketing to who's working that 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 table, mm-hmm. to referees, to making sure that everything. Not to mention the year that we're in this year, right? Right. Yeah. You expect to go to that sporting event, and you don't think there's going to be any issues, right? But when there are issues, then you got a problem with it, and it's like it's almost like the better you do, the more thankless it is. 
Because there's nothing that really raises any attention as to why you're not doing your job. Yep. When in reality, the better you plan, the more seamless it is, the more invisible you are. Absolutely. It's, it's a little weird, right? So, and, and what we do in our business, so you, so you made the transition and, and uh, I can tell the story. I'll never yep. forget uh, sitting in this very office. Yep. And one of our first conversations, having the window cleaning guy hanging from the sixth <laughs> floor, uh, you know, bungee yeah. cords and yeah. cleaning right over your head. I'll never forget that is me, you know, telling Phil in a very authentic way, you were made to, to do what we do, you know, in terms of serving people and, and uh, really getting into to helping families out. You know, I've shared, I shared my story about my father passing away at a young age and, and uh, certain, you know, anecdotally and otherwise sharing, you know, the value in what we do. And also seeing you on stage at church and seeing your passion for, for helping people and serving people. But what I wasn't aware of is how detailed you are. You yeah. know, I always thought, I always, I always told my wife that, you know, Phil, Phil, Phil and I are like spirit twins. You know, our spirit animals are yeah. maybe the same. Mine's a lion. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you're probably very similar. Um, and you joke, you joke with me and say, I have too much green, too much yep. compassion. You want more of that. And I'm like, well, Phil, I wish I had more blue, right. you know, maybe we could, we could make, what would that be? Yellow? I don't yeah, know. Blue, yeah. Uh, green and blue purple. make yellow. Yeah, is that right? I think. So, <laughs> so, you know, but for you to, to get where you are and now be where you are, you know, tell me about the importance of you creating a healthy plan. And what I mean by that, um, and, and I'll, I'll keep this short, but last night, you know, my son wanted to get some, some of his work in and we have a little unfinished part of our basement and he, he takes his two basketballs down and his bands to put in his legs and stuff. And I asked him, what are you doing? And he said, I'm just going to work on my handles. I said, well, no, specifically, right. What are the five drills you're doing? What are the, you know, how are you timing it out? Are you, you know, videoing it? What are you doing? He had no plan. Hmm. And so I helped him and it was, it was 15 of the most efficient minutes that you could have ever imagined. I videoed a lot of it. We can work on things. There was a plan, yep. right? Um, and we're going to get into how my best friend helped me with that on the golf course. But for you entering this, I, I would assume two things. Number one, the hard thing is, is how do you create a plan when you're still learning the business? Right. But really, once you understand the most important thing, which is connecting, mm -hmm. which to me was a common thread in all of your transitions through yep. all your changes, right. was relationship. Right. How have you managed to learn a new business, try to get a grasp on, on providing for your family, but also structuring yourself where you have a plan of attack every day, every week? Is that, is that clear enough? It is. Okay. It is. I, I think, and you know, Joe, I, I'll, again, I'll, I'll spend some history a little bit. I, I think to your point, um, you know, there, you know, obviously I know I, I am very high blue and, and I can trace that back to, you know, meeting, meeting Greg and really starting an internship with him in 1996. And here's a guy who had a Franklin planner. I never knew what a Franklin planner was. And, and those that may listen may not even know what a Franklin planner um, is at, at some point, but it's, you know, it's this organizational system. And I never forget, that's the very first, I'm, I can see the office of us sitting. He's like, Hey, I need you to go get a Franklin planner. Okay. So I went to Staples, got a Franklin planner, came back the next day and off we ran. And, and to me, that really set me on a course for being detailed. That's, that's the one thing, uh, that we made sure we did well, we communicated well, and we made sure we were very detailed in the things we do. So, you know, I can trace that back to the, to the start of that. And, you know, it's only been over this last year that I've gotten away uh, from that Franklin planner a little bit. It, it, it's kind of neat. You go to my home office, you can see 22, 24 years, however that is, of, of, of each binder still there of, the, of those we years. We saw it. Yeah. You, right? you, you, yeah. Meeting with what's now a new client. With, with a new client. Still yep. using the systems that you put in place. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you did. So uh, for me, but, but I mean, again, I think it boils down to this, you know, um, 
Joe, you know, we're both men of faith. And, and, and the one thing that stuck with me for a long time is, is where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Meaning if you don't have a vision, if you don't have guardrails set up, what's going to happen? Everybody's going to go all these separate different ways. And if you're not focused, you know, to your, you know, it's the same thing with Tommy last night. Tommy goes downstairs, you know, he probably could have been down there for 45 minutes and done nothing. Right. You know, um, and it's, and, and it's, and it's what I tried to embed in our coaches too, is you need to have a plan going into practice on now that plan can change and that's okay based on, on what is happening. So I've always operated under that, that mantra, you know, that we have to have some sort of vision. So for me, when, when we sat down, you know, I know we sat here uh, and talked, but, but even, you know, that first lunch that we had over at, at Firebirds and you, you know, we were just catching up. It had been a while and you're like, Hey, I think I want you to come work for me. And I was like, I think I almost spit my, uh, salad out because it, I was just semi dumbfounded yeah. uh, by that. That one, you would think that I would be good in this position, and it took me some time to really process uh, through that because mm-hmm. it was it's completely different in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that now, mm-hmm. but when I thought at the time, you know, you know, the financial world versus the sports world. When in reality, we all know that I don't care what business you're in, everything's built on relationships. Yep, whether that's education, whether that's, you know, the financial industry that we're in, whether that's coaching, right? Um, where, wherever you look at, everything is, is, is built on, on relationships. So it took me some time to really process that. And for me, I had to go back and do that. I had to go back and look at the pros and cons uh, for, for both of them. So as I do that, and as you said, I, you know, even being in, in athletics for for that long, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner, similar, similar to you. So, you know, I, you know, for me, and even right now, I'm trying every day to learn something new. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately where, you know, I've really dived in is I really bought in to the passion that both you and Mark and Christina brought to the table when we were doing our individual planning. And I said, man, and I got such a piece from that, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that now, if heaven forbid, you know, something were to happen to me uh, at this point, that not only is Danny uh, and Grace and Grant financially taken care of, but more importantly, I have people I know, trust, and truly love that will help guide them through it, even though I'm gone. Mm-hmm. We have similar stories. I know your dad passed when you were younger. My dad passed when I was 31, but... I'll never forget that year of sitting with my mom trying to just dig her out of, you know, uh, the worst time of her life because Mm -hmm. they really didn't have a plan uh, at that point and really trying to guide her through that. And that was a, that was a tough, that was a tough year, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I I can't imagine what that would be like if uh, I were to, you know, um, to pass away, you know, in the next 10 to 15 to, even 20 years mm-hmm. from now, no matter when it is, it's going to be tough. Right. But especially when you used to have kids, they're still going through college. They haven't been married yet. And, and all those life things that are, that are, that are coming. So. And, and the, and the, it's such a, such a great crossover there because we talk about the importance of a plan and what we do, mm-hmm. you know, you got to see the value of what that looked like. I'll never forget. Um, I looked, I looked right at you. I said, Phil, I, I want to tell you that, you know, if anything were to ever happen to you, because 
insurance is only one piece of what we right. do. Not to get too specific in right. one industry, but it is. It's only one piece, right? It's way more fun to talk about how the, the markets have done yeah. and how our retirement plan is on, on, on pace, right? Yep. But the reality is, is nothing is, it has more gravity mm-hmm. than, than yeah. something like that crashing on right. you. And we've seen that, yeah. right? And to see that plan and to know, but looking at you and saying, Phil, when, you know, if the worst case happens, mm-hmm. we're going to be in the family room. Nobody ever thinks of that, you know, but having a plan on that side of it for a client is so vital, yet advisors who are saying that to clients Mm -hmm. fail to think that way in how they structure their own practice. Yeah. And I've always said this, that, you know, you look at the the population of of advisors in our business over the next 15 years, the population will, will decrease significantly probably upwards of 40 to 50% wow. because of how many baby boomers are in our business. Yeah. So whether they're stepping away from the business or uh, uh, sadly dying, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the circle of life, right? right? That, so you start to extrapolate those numbers on how many people won't be served because of that. It creates multi-generational financial issues. Mm-hmm. And so the importance of what we do, I never underestimate that. And so by us not putting a plan together that will reach more people, yeah. forget, oh, am I bothering them, right? That's the conviction mm-hmm. that someone that comes into our business will not succeed with. It's, oh my gosh, how can I help more people, yeah. you know? And so, you know, for, for me, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell you this is um, my best friend, one of my best friends uh, grew up. I mean, we lived down the street from each other, played sports together, went to high school together, actually roomed together in college. Uh, so three of us growing up, we're, we're best friends all ended up at Miami together. Yep. So yep. I'm seeing a common theme here. Hey. Uh, Miami university, right? No Redskins. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to bleep that one yeah. out, I think. <laughs> so, but you know, he, he ended up playing professional golf and he played on all the way up to the nationwide tour. It was actually a couple spots from, from being exempt on the PGA tour. So a very, very obviously established player, but he was always a student of the game. And when he would come back in town, he would actually, he caddied for me in in an amateur tournament. And I remember one of the times he came back, I said, I want to go to the range and work on some things. He said, okay. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to go through a warm up. I thought I had a pretty good plan, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I grab, I never start with like a low wedge. I just have have studied pro players because like, if you put a bad swing on the shortest club in your bag, your thought process is going to suck the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, you can't hit a wedge 80 yards. So I always start with like an eight or uh, seven, eight or nine iron. I think I grabbed maybe a seven or eight iron. I forget exactly. Um, I've, I've written about this since, but he said, you know, take some swings, whatever. And before I could even get my third warm up swing, he just stopped me and kind of said, well, what, what, what's your plan today? I'm like, I'm just getting loose. He's no, what's your, what are you working on today? Right. You know, now this is one of the top 500 guys of what he does in the world. Yeah. Okay. Asking me this. And, and the level of detail that they have is, is far different than even me at the time. I was a one handicap. I was a pretty good player, but not even close to that level. And he really just broke me down. And so I took a swing and said, all right, stop right there. And I went to walk away. He said, no, stay right there. He literally comes in, puts his right foot up against mine, says, all right, now move it. So he put it exactly where mine was. And then and kind of a male bonding yoga, you know, <laughs> deal going on the, on the driving range. Got behind me, and it helps he's 6'2", so yeah. it wasn't – and he kind of moved his left foot, moved me out of the way, and then got my club position and looked up. And I'd never thought of that before. But he didn't want to help me until he got into my shoes and then see what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, 
we put our plan together and we had about a, a 90 minute practice session that was yeah. better than any session I've ever had. And actually that next week I, I, I shot one of my low rounds. I shot a 68 that next week because my ball striking was impeccable and my confidence was better. And so, you know, I think of that in terms of, okay, so, you know, Phil, you join, you join this industry or whatever it, it, what we, what we end up positioning for clients, I hate to use that word sell, but you know, if it's, if it's um, an investment product, if it's an insurance product or, or just a strategy that we're implementing, it, none of it matters. And so we have a plan that can have an impact on somebody enough where they can say, you know what, I'm going to trust that you're making the right decision for me and my family. Okay. So tell me how, you know, all those binders and all that organization, and I think for the audience, we should maybe talk about what the colors mean because we're, we're speaking in code to some people. <laughs> but how has your your skill set and in your history and your past led you to a place, like you said, you're a lifelong learner, so you're going to be better tomorrow than you were today. How have you helped yourself create and establish a plan to be successful in this business? Well, I mean, I think, you know, in, in looking at that 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 plan, right, and I said it, it, it does start with with learning but but for me you know um i attack it in the sense of i've got you know a goal to accomplish each day you know so we'll just use a recent example right we've, we've got a client that we're working with you know and the goal yesterday was learn as much as we could about that client and really mm -hmm. plan it out so for me you know to know going in that hey i really want to get that that accomplished that helps me learn uh, more about this 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 industry uh, that we are are in. You know, today I you know again I just trying to accomplish something every single day. You know, what mm -hmm. is my main goal? What is my main learning objective today? You know, today again I I peppered you to to sit in a another um, client meeting you're having mm -hmm. as well as well too. So you know Wednesday you know I'm gonna uh, attack some videos that you know emeritus who you know. Um, you know, my contracts with that, you know, they have out there on their products so I can learn. So it, to me, it's just about, for me personally, it's been, I need to accomplish one thing every single day as I go to, to learn it, it. It's, it's no different than, you know, what's my, I go back to when I coach, you know, we had one goal. What are we going to try to learn today? We may do 30 other things, but what's the one goal we're trying to, to work on today, tonight at our, our youth basketball practice, we have one goal. We're going to learn how to pivot tonight because I'm tired of 72 jump balls in a fourth grade boys game, right? But but we mm -hmm. have a specific goal, and that's what we're going to attack. I think where we get in trouble is where we try to go beyond that, where we try to learn too much, too fast, mm -hmm. and it becomes overwhelming, you know, and in the sense of where you almost feel uh, – dumber, I guess is, mm -hmm. a, you know, anything I yeah. can come up with because, yeah. because you're trying to, you're trying to take all that, all that in. Right. So for me, I, I've tried to simplify it and say, look, I know I got a long way to go here. Th this is a, this is a long game play. This is not a, this is not a short game play here. And I'm truly invested in, in, in doing this for the rest of my life because, you know, as you said, you know, uh, I heard this a long time ago and I don't know, I want to really find out where I heard this, it, but it's been ingrained in me. Um, is the best proof of love is trust. And, you know, after sitting with you and Mark and Christina, and again, I go back to my own plan, you know, I trust the three of you now that we're making the best interest. And I know that it's it's truly out of love, right? And mm -hmm. that, that you truly value who we are 
um, as as human beings and as as people. And I know that you will take care of our family moving moving forward. So that's the same mindset that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's the thing that that I've tried to bring to this. But from a learning perspective, it's literally setting up just small, easy, attainable goals. And for me, it's been what's the one thing you can learn today? What's the one, you know, because again, I think we get caught up in this. I got to go out and, and get all this information right away when I don't, because you know, the, the, the beauty of, of working here, working alongside all of you is we have a team mm-hmm. and I'm not just, you know, it's not just uh, Phil Pogey. Right. Here. You know, it's, it, it's truly a, it's a, it's truly a team. And we talk about the, the colors, uh, Shout out to Paul Carpenter. That's right. Uh, That's right, Paul. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Is it Insight? Is that right? Zone, yeah. in, Zone, Zone Insight, Insight Testing. Yep. yep. And, yep. and you know, we talk about, um, so I'll throw out a color, okay? And I have, I have a, a purpose for this. Um, I'm going to throw out a color, and then and you can just give, immediately give me the one word that it represents. You ready? <laughs> All right. Red. Aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yellow. Oh, man. What? Green is, I always get, here's the problem, Joe, is I have zero, if you look at it, I am nine, I am 100% red and 99% blue. And like green is 10 and yellow maybe zero. So I have zero idea probably what the, I should know what they are, but I have none of them in them, in me. So. What's yellow? Fun. Fun, that's right. right. They're a fun person. So you are a little, wife. you are yellow. <laughs> Sunday by, by the campfire, yeah, right, with a stogie right, and, a, and, right. a, and, a, and a glass of bourbon. Yeah. But uh, so, so yellow, fun, green. Compassion. Okay, blue. Organized, detail-oriented, baby. Okay, so I would say, you know, if, if I were giving out advice, it's, it's crazy because, uh, man, this, I get, I get chills thinking about this. I mean, it's not even that big of a point, so it sounds silly, but... Um, I'm raising two daughters. I'm not really raising one. One's, one's out. She graduated from college and she's on her own. Um, and she made it easy on us because she was no drama, no anything, because she always saw how petty things were in, in junior high, middle school, and high school, which, let's face it, is a death trap for young kids. I want to write a book about right? that. I, I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. One of the lucky ones. <laughs> yeah, we'll maybe make that a chapter. Um, and now my 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 middle daughter who is a mini me, you know, she's, she's very, very driven. She's, she's strong willed, stubborn, all those things. Right. But she's also very focused Mm -hmm. and it's easy for these kids. And we both know it too well to get caught up in things that really don't matter. Right. And so I told her, I said, you know, I, I don't know why this example came to my mind. Maybe I was watching her on TV or maybe she's just ingrained in my mind. Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Right. Who I think will go down as one of the greatest country musicians of all time won a singing competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, this young girl from North Carolina, was she maybe yep. 17 at the time, maybe? She was young. I if that, I yeah. 17, 16, 17, something like that. And I said, you know, uh, my daughter, Sarah, if, if you think, you know, uh, you know, more refined and current Carrie Underwood, who's married to an NHL player, I believe, right. and is. they have their own family. And she's just, to me, seems like one of the most well-rounded, kind, awesome, talented human beings ever. Yeah. She's got this life now. That as that 16 or 17 year old, that girl would have never dreamed of what was out there right. for her, right? Yep. And if that that Carrie Underwood now could go back and talk to young Carrie Underwood, she would say, "Oh, honey, just stop. Look at where. Look what's out there for you, right? Stop, you know, wallowing in this pettiness and stop, stop hurting yourself because none of it matters right now. You're just trying to get little wins here and there that will get you to that point, right?" And the crazy thing is, is not everybody's going to be Carrie Underwood, and nor should that be the standard by which you, you would you would gauge success, right? 
But I will tell my kids, I will never say to you that you can't do whatever it is. If my son says I want to play in the NBA, I will never tell him no. Right. I mean, I played baseball. One of your Sycamore yep. guys, uh, Kevin Euclid, yep. I played against him in high school. Yep. He was good. Yeah. He wasn't a world beater. Correct. I'll bet you he wasn't top 15 in the GMC he's, hitting. He's still mad that Tracy didn't recruit him at Miami. So <laughs> See? If Tracy ever listens to our, yeah, our podcast. I might. got some issues with Shout him, out too. Tracy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, but, but I saw guys that had – ordinary talent with extraordinary effort and made it, you know, but, but it starts right here. And so, you know, because of that, with, with your career, my career or what's out there for us, I would say that, um, you know, my point in saying that was, is if old Carrie could talk to not old, but older Carrie could Mm -hmm. talk to younger Carrie, I would say if, you know, establish me now could go back to younger me. Absolutely. I would say a couple things. Number one, don't try to be somebody that you're not. Right. A lot of guys will and gals will put a plan together trying to be somebody that they're not. Can, can I boil that down? Because I've been using this with my kids. Yes. We are all born an original. Don't die a copy. That is a great one. Yeah. We're all born original. Yeah. We all are born original. We all are unique. Yep. Every single one of us on this planet are unique. Mm-hmm. Don't die a copy. How yeah. many people die a copy? Right. Chasing something that they were never meant to, never meant to be. So right. I've been using that with, with, Grace a little bit more than, than Grand who's 10, but yeah. How about that? Well, and it makes it more difficult, in my opinion, with this social media world that we live in, because we want to be a copy of the people that we see that we admire yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Correct. And I think that in, in our business, in our world, uh, professionally speaking, if I could go back and talk to the 21-year-old me that started in this business, I would say, figure out who you are, mm-hmm. surround yourself. So I'm, I'm, I'm red, yellow, and green right? Low yep. blue. Yep. It's important for me to find blues yep. that have a little bit of red and yellow or whatever it might be, but don't try to, I, I'm not going to be a blue, right? Right. I need to be me and I need to set my plan about around who, who I am as a person, yep. but I also need to find the importance. You talked about team, mm-hmm. right? I'm seeing some common, common themes here, relationships, teamwork, uh, planning, yep. structure, boundaries yep. is I would say, you know, within your team, create healthy boundaries, but, but have people that you can rely on that have a complimentary style about them. Right. That would be a good starting point. And then you lay your plan out. Right. Because I have never had more clarity in my 22 years than I've had during the worst year, yeah. questionably of our, of my 43 years on earth. Yeah. I mean, 2020 has been a very challenging year yet. I've gained more clarity this year than I ever have. Sometimes the clarity isn't what I want. Right. Right. That people confuse clarity with positivity. Correct. Clarity can be about something that is just maybe you don't like about a situation or yourself or whatever, but you got to get to that point before you can start planning outwardly. But I would say that, you know, 43 year old me talking to 21 year old me, wow, would I make some changes? And I think it would start with figuring out who you are as a person first, find your conviction. Like we were talking about this authentic conviction Mm -hmm. project that we're working on. It's people wake up up wake up and figure out who you are as a person first don't let that don't let the circumstance make who you are or your success or in your mind lack of success because then what happens is people start reaching for what they think they should be instead of already knowing who they are right and so that has a major impact on how you plan right and so for you you've gone through and in our few minutes we have left here you've gone through this process of value statement of value proposition things like that and I would make a, an argument that it probably hasn't changed at all in terms of who you are. The only thing that's changed is your process and what you're doing. 
Is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say. I think who I am has always been there. It's it's to your back to your point. It's really bringing that out. It's it's truly finding out who you are. And I think for me, 2020 has been been very similar. It was challenging early on, but this is the year that I, I've made this decision, and I've never felt more clarity uh, in my lifetime about what I am doing now um, based on, on what, what we've walked through mm-hmm. this year. And a lot of that God has provided some, some amazing vision, you know, vision and clarity for me uh, as who I am as, as that, as that person and who I am as a man and who I am as a husband, who I am as a, as a father. So um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, again, recognizing to your point, who you are you in, in, in allowing that, to come out. And it's okay to be, as I joke, it is okay to be high red, high blue, right? You know, and, and embrace that. You know, yes, I do want a little more green and, you know, maybe a little bit more more yellow um, in me, but I don't have to be Joe Clark. I don't have to be Mark Mueller. I don't have to be, you know, Greg Darbyshire, the, my former boss. I don't have to be Doug Mater. I, I got to be Phil Pogey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to be the authentic Phil Pogey. And, yep. and who going back to that that statement i made you know who i was originally intended to be and don't be don't be a copy mm-hmm. we talk that we're big sports fans you yeah. know but it's like what's been the what's been the the most exhausting comparison of athletes in our in our lifetime oh michael and lebron okay i mean and you talk about an example of yeah. like they're completely different players right and and i actually think it takes away from both of them individually when we're trying to compare them right it's like how do we stretch Michael's body to be 68 69 270 right you know and how do we how do we make LeBron you know uh, more of a lion you know in the final 10 seconds of a game or whatever it might be or his jump shot whatever it is right they are who they are right you know Ben Simmons is not ever ever going to be Steph Curry no you don't like to shoot it no but be you right you know and and I think that that's key again in, in, in planning as well so um you know this is this has been great I mean for me the message is is clear is, you know, even in planning and in, in, in career changes, whatever, it, it the plan starts with knowing who you are and what the path looks like. Right. You know, yep. what a message that is. So, um, you know, I, I, I uh, this has been great. I think we've 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 covered a lot of great content. You know, the hope is that we're always you know, there could be one thing that that could make a difference in somebody that's listening. Yep. And, uh, you know, and we've also established that. Uh, the GMC is the greatest uh, public school division in the state of Ohio. No brainer. And that Miami University is one great academic institution that has generated some tremendous young men. Harvard of the Midwest. I would yes. argue, right? Yes. Harvard of the Midwest. Yes. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But um, as always, appreciate the time, man. Uh, we've got great things ahead of us, and I'm really excited about it. And we're lucky to have you know somebody like you on our team. And uh, not just from a business perspective, but from a, from a, a you know, a, a relationship perspective. So appreciate you doing this, my man. Thanks, man. It's been yeah. fun. Let's do it again. Absolutely. All right.